Fonzie, you look like it's 3 a.m. for you. I know. I just laugh because I usually just cut this part of the podcast and it never makes it. <laughs> this time it's going to make it into the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make sure it comes out. Okay, anyways. All right, you ready, Fon? Yeah. Right. Yeah, are we all shared? You edited the episode <laughs> to make sure. I'm going to re-edit the episode to make sure. All right, here we go. We've got some hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple to entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Woo, baby. Welcome, Fonzie, for a morning early episode. We're not talking to anybody in Australia, I if know. that's what you're wondering. How are you feeling? Feeling good. <laughs> feeling refreshed. Re Revitalized. I see you with a new jersey. Looks I good. Know. Looks good. I'm actually extremely good because it kinda, my team plays today and I'm very, very happy. I know. When uh, Fonzie's team plays, uh, he does zero work. So that's okay. Uh, he also works in the weekend. <laughs> after, after this, I'm just going to go straight to sit down Let's into stay. a spot that I can, you know, put my roots down and wait for the game. And wait for the game. Sounds good. Uh, Fonzie, what are we talking about today? Today. We're talking about the state of business from 15 years ago versus today, and why should you pay attention? Why should you pay attention? Why should you, you or why you should? Your English is very good looking yeah. today. It's all good. It's early in the morning. I know. We have a surprise <laughs> episode for you. We were not expecting this. It's uh, it's amazing. I think every single person that has business that has a business or is, uh, an entrepreneur or is publishing <laughs> if you, have, if you have a business or if you have an entrepreneur <laughs> or if you are yeah clearly is early it's yeah. all it's all good it's part of the show but anyways if you're enjoying this show please go ahead and follow it in your favorite platform and go ahead and share it with your besties your best friends that is right and if today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to leave a five-star review as well. Thank you. Just a five-star review. That's right. <laughs> Happy Friday. Today, we have a very special friend here with us. She is the CEO of Chet Homes International, which has helped over 200,000 businesses talk about impact. Her legendary father wrote the ultimate sales machine. Here I have it. I have my special version right here, which has been revised, updated, and it's about to be republished. I don't know if that's the right word. Republish? When Relaunch? I read it, I'm like, mm, I want to see our guest face. I know. She's like grinning right now. She's like, what's <laughs> going on? But anyways, that's the Beast Rust style. You know, after inheriting her father's business, today's guest managed to double the company's clients two years in a row. Impressive. And now she wants to teach you how to do the same. <laughs> Get the book. That's right. Uh, not to mention that. She's one of the friendliest entrepreneurs out there. And let me tell you, she is super talented at creating content. Just going to throw that there out there, guys. Go. Please welcome the one and only Amanda Holmes. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. What an intro. <laughs> uh, we, we try. We try. You know. <laughs> Amanda, we're incredibly honored to have you on the show. Uh, especially for uh, for what we're about to talk, this is a huge milestone uh, for you, for the company, in in, in the industry. Woo! So yes. honored. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, so obviously, we do have an episode linked right below of the first time that we talked to to Amanda. Uh, fun fact. Uh, we did it from the car. That was amazing. That was an amazing interview. 
So uh, you don't want to miss the, the whole background of like how we met and uh, all this amazing goodness is there. So go listen to it. And uh, after this episode, because yeah. this is probably more important. It right was now. episode <laughs> 160, around Ooh. 160. This is 140 episodes later. Yeah, that's pretty impressive or more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, Amanda, something very important is happening uh, today, actually. So can you share a little bit more of that? uh yeah the so i've spent the last four years working on the new edition of my father's beloved ultimate sales Mm. machine and uh, i thought we weren't going to be able to do it in time everything uh came up that it wasn't going to happen and then just about 10 days ago we found a way to make it happen where we could open up so that people can sign up to get the pre-sale for that beloved new edition book. That's right. And by the way, for those listening in our in our platform at the moment uh, or looking at the video, we have it right here. It's called The Ultimate Sales Machine. They call it the Red Bible for a reason. The first time that mm-hmm. we read it, I mean, Fonzie, Amanda was like, please, Fonzie, you need to bring the copy, like your copy of the book. And uh, for those listening right now, I want to describe a little bit. It's There's a bunch of notes in it, highlights, but the yeah. best part is like there's like 400 tabs and every tab <laughs> is this amazing value uh piece of of content that serves uh, at the time it served us in in the business so how many how many businesses has the the book helped so far do you think amanda that this is oh well you said it in in the in the intro we gotta repeat it again yeah wow (laughs) hundreds of thousands of businesses it's been it's been a true blessing and what a great legacy that has been able to carry on past even my father right so today is the 10 year um it's been 10 years since my father passed today so imagine you know so many people think about their legacy as they get into the sunset of their lives and how can you leave something behind for all of those that uh, know you or love you and this is such a beautiful gift because for years i didn't put any marketing dollars behind this book and yet it sold i mean post his passing tens of thousands of copies just by word of mouth Mm-hmm. the power of how many people love that book it's it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to carry on that mantle and that legacy uh, because it's it's just it's another way that my father lives on is yeah. it in every person that takes it and you know puts another bookmark and then goes into their business and actually implements something and sees results so it's uh it's a really wonderful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, that is actually how this book got to my hands. You know, I've seen it in so many of so many lists of entrepreneurs and these are my top books that you should read. And the ultimate sales machine almost always makes it in that list. And me personally, when I was reading this, you know, a lot of business books are kind of like they write around one simple idea and then the whole book is just kind of like very repetitive. This whole book, like my brother said, is, <laughs> is a Bible, right? Um, and, you know, for those religious ones, the, the Bible has like multiple books. Well, this is literally like every chapter is like its own little book with its own little goodness and message. So therefore, 
all the freaking tabs, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I remember when I, when I was doing this, like, I have, like, multiple rows because I would get all the way to the end. And I was like, oh, well, I have to keep putting new tabs in there. And I was a little bit embarrassed, like, oh, man, like, did I highlight way too much? And then I was like, no, it's just simply that freaking good. There's so much gold in it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very excited, actually, to read the new version, uh, you know, the revised version and probably add as many tabs as this one or more. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we often talk in the show, obviously, the power of publishing, right? And you just mentioned it with a resource, right? An asset like this for, for everybody to have in their library. But I'm very curious, right? Like, why why decided, why do you decide to revise it and and to to add to it? Because it's, it's not the same. It's the, This has been elevated quite a bit and is it's pretty amazing, right? We talked in the in the headline, the state of business 15 years ago versus today. And this, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to dive in into that. So so why that decision to to upgrade, <laughs> right? Something yeah. that has worked for, for many, many years. So that's a good question. Uh, so P Penguin had been asking me for years to redo the book. And I looked at it when it I could never touch that, like not in a million years could I touch how brilliant that is. Mm -hmm. uh, so then eventually I ended up saying yes, and I will tell you why, but I will also tell you before I tell you that, that then I went out to our f following, there's numbers counting down. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're good, okay. we're good, we're good. <laughs> I'm like, we're going away. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so I went out to the social media following and I said, I'm about to do the new edition of the book. What do you want to see in it? Tell me. Right. And multiple people replied back, don't change it. It's perfect. So, uh -huh. so that stuck with me as I thought about, oh my gosh, what do I do here? Um, and so my father passed of leukemia he uh, got diagnosed with cancer and we battled for about a year and a half and um he spent about 352 nights uh in the hospital and not one did he spend alone so it was between my mom my brother and myself we all pulled all-nighters because he would have these night sweats so we'd be up with him all night and uh yeah and it, it's kind of shocking to think because my father was very much a world traveler, you know, public speaker around the world, very high esteemed in that fact. And he was also six foot four, so a very wow. tall man. <laughs> and when he walked into a room, he was larger than life, right? So while he was there in the hospital, he was running 12 companies from his hospital room, like the most productive cancer patient you've ever seen in your <laughs> life. <laughs> and uh, he ended up getting the bone marrow transplant and b before that they basically take away your full immune system and so you're sitting you have to you have to isolate you have to be quarantined in that room and you can't leave that room for two months he stayed in that little uh room and i'll never i'll never forget this moment i walk in about to start my shift with my dad and he's sitting next to the window and he's just staring out and uh, I walk up to him and he goes, for all the wealth that I've amassed, nothing can buy my way out of this hospital room. And I have tried to forget that moment <laughs> and I, it's just stuck with me for you know obviously over a decade 
Uh, it's been about 11 years now. And um, that was a huge reason why I picked up the book and said, I'm going to do a new edition. Because during that fight, uh, my father did a lot of soul searching. He actually started a blog during that time writing about his journey because he was debating between the alternative route and the um, the more medical route. And it generated 60,000 readers in like wow. a matter of 60 days. It was absurd. And we didn't plan for that. It was just supposed to be friends and family. You know how they do like a Caring Bridge site and everybody yeah, gets yeah. to know so you don't have to tell everybody. So that Caring Bridge site went to 60,000 readers. Um, and it got to a point where people were really heated. So we ended up turning it <laughs> off. But he learned a lot during that time and he really changed mm. his whole modus of operandi. And I felt that people needed to know that man. People needed to experience what he had come away with. The next book that he was writing was actually a book on health because we spent so much time going through alternatives and we learned so much about all these different uh, methods. Yeah. And um, so I kept, when I was writing this book, I kept thinking, if my father had survived the leukemia, what would he have written in here? What would he have said? Because it was a different man. Yeah. And majority of the world didn't get to experience that man. And one night, 4 a.m., the book is due to the publisher. I had gotten a hotel room just to like really focus in on writing this, this uh, to finish this. And um, I was searching through my father's emails because that was the only way I really got to know his business was I didn't know what he thought about people in his side of his organization because we never had those conversations before he passed. Mm. So I went into his email and I was just searching, searching, give me something, something. And then I fall, fell upon this letter that he had written to one of his best friends where it said, I've generated more wealth in the last six months than I have in the last eight years combined. And this is why. And mm. this whole letter just talked about this. So I put that into the 13th chapter oh, wow. um, his legacy you know that the encore he never got to give and it then took me another uh two years to come out with a book because taking that letter and then blending it with what he's saying and then carrying it on for what is this the the final chapter is really a new chapter for where we're about to go and and what life is uh how that impression left for me and dictated how we've moved forward so it's evolved over the last decade but yeah. i'm really really proud of that chapter i rewrote a hundred times wow. literally i have a hundred versions <laughs> of that chapter on wow. my computer and several times i sent it into penguin and they said no this this shouldn't make the book this this doesn't make sense in the book you mm. you know because I'm talking about fulfillment and life. And they're like, this is a sales book, Amanda. So it took so many iterations mm. until it is what it is today. And I was just reading the final to send it in for print. And uh, every other time I would read the book and make edits, I would continually edit it and edit it and edit it. <laughs> Anybody that's ever tried to write a book, I mean, you can edit until the cows come home. It's like something that I did for years. But the final time, I even, I was getting to chapter 12 and I was finishing it up and tears were already coming down my face. 
and I cried all the way through chapter 13. <laughs> but it finally felt like, oh, yes, my masterpiece is done. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna acknowledge and celebrate um, that moment and, and, and that story. I know that that's not very easy to share. Um, so thank you because what that would mean for a lot of people uh it's it's the world right like uh, we're we're evolving like we talked about the state of business in many 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 ways uh internally right ceos and 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 people we have to take care of ourselves in many ways as well and and what you guys or what you added to to the book um really really resonates uh, and and really helps people in that uh i've been blessed to to be a part of uh some of the the things that we've done in the last few months to to expose the our community and the people into into this this framework, this strategy, this the way of living, right? And it has been wonderful. The the feedback has been incredible, and uh, it just warms my heart. the The fact that you made that very tough decision to to share initially that story and then rewrite it a hundred times, right? That's like. Who does that? Just you, Amanda. And this is awesome. It's so worth it, right? To to uh, so I, I really encourage everybody to obviously read the full book first. Don't go to chapter thirteen first. <laughs> read the whole thing, and then that's just gonna be amazing. But um, so I want to really celebrate the fact that you decided to to share that story. Um, I know it is is not easy for a lot of people, especially when we talk about publishing, right? Those are like the, the things that we have to uh to to make peace with and and uh, be very brave to to help others at the end of the day like where you're serving so many by doing that so thank you uh Fonsi, any any thoughts well i'm curious did uh penguin accepted that because of the hundred <laughs> times you wrote it and you were like persistent <laughs> like this must be in the book uh or what, what That's was funny it that you say that so i I finally, um, they were, at first they were like, it should be the, what is it, like, af what's not the opposite of a foreword? It's like afterthought or something, mm -hmm. like after the book, this is something, you know, acknowledgements or something, and that's what it Got should it. be. And then uh, my my uh, book strategy guide, genius, um, genius fairy, uh, <laughs> Julie Eason, <laughs> told me, nobody reads the afterthought. Don't put it as an afterthought. It has to be chapter 13. I'm like, okay, okay. And uh, yeah. so then I finally, I rewrote one that was specific to what the publisher was asking for or what Penguin was asking for, and they approved it. I finally got the approval mm. that that should be in the book. And I sat on it for about two months, three months, and I just felt wrong about it. Oh, I just wow. felt like I had lowered my bar of excellence to appease what my publisher wanted. And I mean, they, they know better, right? They're great at, at books. They're the, one of the biggest publishers in the world, right? Yeah. So uh, I respect what they were saying and why they were saying it. You know, there's a mm -hmm. context here and there's a whole book talking about something completely different. But then, but then, on February 13th, which is my father and my birthday, uh, we share the same birthday, um, I had done a whole strategy session the whole day before, and I stayed up all night, and it just downloaded what Chapter 13 should truly be, living to my greatest potential and not just mm. the bar of what's approved. And I rewrote the whole thing. I uh, showed it to Julie the next morning. She's like, that is it. Yes. I sent it off to the publisher and they went, yep, 
we approve this. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah, it just it came to me on our birthday. <laughs> so that was really special. That is, that is amazing. Yeah, it feels like you're channeling the whole the whole energy in there. That's a, yeah. that's great. Wait, you say your birthday is February 13th? Isn't that your yeah. wa your wife's birthday too? Yeah, yeah. We, we, wow. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I was like going in my head. I'm like, I think I've mentioned this to her, but uh, but yes, <laughs> very small world is it, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. Crazy. So yeah. I would never ever forget either birthday. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> That's so um, funny. yeah. That, that is a very uh, funny. I know. Uh, yeah, moment. I'm like obviously <laughs> like surprised of this, but. Um, <laughs> Go, go, going away from my personal life, <laughs> uh, Amanda, we obviously talked about the state of business, right? So obviously the, this book deals with very serious issues, right? For and, and very serious uh, things that CEOs have to be very aware. And the cool thing is yesterday we were in a call with uh, Ted, right? Who was part of the team. And, uh, and he, he mentioned something uh, that resonated big time. It's like, this book is like about, it, it's all about taking action. And it, it tells you really this roadmap. There's a lot of material out there, right? That that just like it might be fluff, might not be fluff. They might be explored like one idea, right? But at the end of the day, it, it gives you probably nothing, no no roadmap to do it, and it's up to you to actually go and try to figure out. This thing is like it tells you exactly how to do it, why to do it, like all these amazing stories, and people have. Uh, gotten so many amazing results yeah. it's an instruction manual for sure uh it's literally people don't have to go read anything else like they do this and, and like and we talked about the pig-headed discipline last time and uh you know with that in mind right like how do that then compare in the industry from 15 years ago versus today and why should people be paying attention to this Yes. So I'll give you an example. Chapter seven is the seven months of marketing chapter. And it started with like, here's what you need to do about radio, television and billboards. And I went, oh, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, this is like before the Internet. This is when websites, the word websites was two words. I even put it in my foreword. I'm like, oh boy. wow, can you believe websites became one word over the last 15 years? <laughs> but but when we look at the span of time of what has happened with marketing, yeah. so for a half century, the only true innovations that happened in marketing was radio to television. So mm. the change in what we're doing in business was a very slow adaptation. Then you look at the last 15 years and we went from, so 15 years ago, the average business had seven different marketing mediums that they would market on. Today, they, oh my gosh, it's 13 <laughs> different marketing mediums, five social media platforms and three paid advertising. Mm -hmm. So we're doing double the amount of work because all, I mean, every day a new medium is popping up. It took... It took 30 years for radio to get to 50 million users. Wow. It took television 13 years to get to 50 million users. It took Facebook four years to get to 50 million users. And um, I think this is hilarious. Pokemon Go took six weeks to hit 50 million users. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were part of those 50 million. Battles, right? <laughs> uh, it was pretty intense. It was very intense. It was very intense. Those six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the the rapidness of how a new medium can come to play is very yeah, quick, yeah. right? So yeah. because of the internet. So what we did, chapter seven was like, all, chapter seven in itself is a whole new book, basically. We had to completely re redo that chapter and how it flows because it can't just be about billboards um yeah. so <laughs> that was a huge part of what julie eason helped me with oh my god i don't i wouldn't have been able to finish this book if it weren't for her uh so um so all through that chapter what we've done is because there's so many different marketing mediums we took my father had a five-prong process to identify if your marketing is working or not we took that and applied it to every subset of marketing. This is how your email marketing, just follow these five steps, these five checklists, and you will know if your email marketing is working or not. If it's not working, go back to the five steps, go back mm. to the five prong, go back mm. to the five prong. So we keep landing it back because we're so divided today on multi-channel. Do, you know, you need to have all of these different things running at the same time. We don't go back to the basics of, is this the right medium? If this is the right medium, why is it not working? Right? What what is stopping us from generate sales from this marketing yeah. uh, channel? So that was a big part of uh, adding to and yeah. and reworking chapter seven. It, it, it's so important, right? It can be very overwhelming, especially for big big corporations, right? The, they might have the resources. We talk about a lot about this in the in the publishing pyramid, right? Like uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or uh, a big a big business right same, same framework applies do we have the resources but then if we have the resources then it becomes more overwhelming right because we're dealing with with teams where do we go like uh this big decision so i love the fact that it is a very uh simple framework that we can follow to always go back and land is this actually working i remember listening to a story or read, well, I, I listen to books, so that's why I say listening. Uh, but about your dad testing a $10,000 budget, right? And I think at the time it was in radio. And they were like, well, how do we know that's working? And they divided 10 different things, 10 different things that they were doing into $1,000 chunks. And they, they would run the thing, right? And they'll be like, hey, are these the results that we're looking for? If it was yes or no, then they will make the continued decision and they will reinvest in the things that they were working. And to me, as I was listening to it, I was like, wow. It, it is simple, right? But it's, it's not easy to do because there's so, so much distraction. And uh, again, this was 15 years ago, right? Now today is even worse because we have online media, right? We had the Facebook ads, we have YouTube, we have TikTok even. What resources do we assign to each platform? How do we know the offer is really working? How do we know that we're actually attracting the right customer uh, for our business, right? We talked about this many, many times. So uh, the fact that chapter seven is there, <laughs> uh, it makes it so, so worth it. Um, especially if we have if we have that background. Um, and if you're experiencing that in your business, um, you must <laughs> read chapter seven. <laughs> well, that's a great segue to chapter four, if you don't allow, if it's Absol okay. Can Absol I go? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so there are about 8 billion people in the world today, population, and yet there are 4.75 billion pieces of content posted on Facebook alone every single mm. day. Mm. We post half the world's population on Facebook in content. 15 mm. years ago, that wasn't really the case, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's not even counting what's on Instagram, which is half a billion posts happen on Instagram every single day. So we went from only the elite could get a message out to the world, right? Only the people that had a platform. Today, 
everyone has a platform. There's 3.8, there's 3.8 billion social media pages today. It's so we've gone from competing with just the elite that could pay for radio and and television to everyone and their mother, their grandmother can post, yeah, yeah. their child, a baby can post, a dog has its own social media page. <laughs> I mean, everybody yeah. has content, but the difference is that 50% of content online is deemed useless and 40% of the content that's posted for a business actually hinders your sale. It reduces the likelihood of somebody purchasing. So we have gone from, okay, I'm gonna post content because it's an organic way and I have the ability to have so much of a reach without spending money, such an amazing concept, and yet we've forgotten the framework for yeah. why content will generate sales, which is what we want. Absolutely. Uh Essence, right? I remember when we first uh, imagined the show, we're like, okay, the 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 path to the frictionless sale, right? And there's so many elements, right, that, that we've discovered along this journey, 300 plus episodes, right? And um, when I first uh, saw the book, right, the title, The Ultimate Sales Machine, and it just goes back. It reminds me of the story of uh, when we were growing up, our, our mom was a math teacher, right? So I would go out and, and I would ask her, be like, hey, mom, uh, what's the answer to this equation? And she'll be like, let me tell you something. And then she'll sit me down in front of a whiteboard and she'll like go back and, and revisit like the, the, the principles and foundations of what we needed to talk about. Yeah, she was like, when math first started and you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but, you know, now that we run a business and now that I've seen firsthand with the companies that, that, that we help at CHI, right, um, it's so important that, that foundation, those principles and uh, this revival, that's what it is, is that roadmap to always go back and look at these things because the world, yes, is changing. It can be overwhelming, but at the same time, it cannot be overwhelming because if we know, if we stay true to those foundations and those strategies and we stay with big-headed discipline, we execute on those, right? We, we talk about the core story bootcamp. We talk about the Dream 100, Elevated Dream 100, right? The 47-point checklist. All these things are these amazing tools that will bring it back to those principles and foundations that we can continue to execute no matter what challenges are coming uh, our way in in the business and that's why i, I believe is is so powerful uh, do, you, do you have like very uh do you remember maybe some cool stories uh, off the top of your head of people that have applied this and uh and have obtained amazing results yeah um uh let's see so many i mean i i i yeah i put so many different protege stories of people that have implemented the book because they've done such magnificent things. I had to add them in. Uh, I added in quite a few times um, ClickFunnels and the CEO, yeah. uh, Russell Brunson, uh, yeah. because, I mean, they went from zero to 100 million in four years, and the Dream 100 was one of the most successful yeah. uh, strategies that they used to make that quantum leap. So I do put them in there quite a bit around the Dream 100 chapters, so chapter six and chapter eight, uh, and really help people better define how to deploy the Dream 100 because uh, so many businesses, they just get stuck on the first step of how to f get that list of 100. It, um, yeah, so I go yeah. into that and how to find the list and how to narrow down the list so that you make sure a checklist to know if it's the right list. Um, but yeah, that's a great one. Uh, another one um, I put in there about 
a client that uh, during COVID, they their business shut down as super dentist. Um, their business shut down as a dentist office and um, the CEO, Kami Haas, decided to try and get some press and he started talking about the link um, so there, there was a link because we did a core story for him. He knew that there was a link between the health of your mouth and your lung capacity. Mm. And, uh, so half of the population, um, it's something like you're eight times more likely to die of COVID if you have gum disease and one in every two people has gum disease in the United States today. And Aww. so one simple thing you can do to avoid COVID is just brush your teeth for, you know, three minutes twice yes. a day and floss and this message was not out there at all and when wow. he started using that market data to get in front of uh, press he ended up he he got like half a million dollars in press wow. all over the country he was speaking on every news station because he was using that market data with this story to educate the public on something that's relevant and important to them. Uh, and then he also talked about how he had a book coming out, If Your Mouth Could Talk. And if you guys want to read something fascinating that you would never think you would care so much about your mouth, <laughs> however, it affects your entire body. And it's yes. it'll have a ton of market data because that's what he did with his core stories. He put it into a book. So If Your Mouth Could Talk. But I do talk about that in the book too. Yeah. A bunch of stories. I have so many stories that I sprinkle through there. Yeah. I, I, I love it, right? Because, uh, you know, with, if you say- like, He started brushing his teeth recently. That's oh, why. 100%. Can you tell? <laughs> they're, they're so white. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, we, we often mention, Hey, just imagine, right? Just imagine. And, and I think those stories are so important and they're there because it can put you in a place where you're like, I can do this, right? I can go out and execute with, it's so important, right? Without execution, nothing happens, right? We, we often talk about whether that's, uh, again, whether that's an entrepreneur for the content's profit audience or whether that's a, a corporation, a, a bigger CEO, bigger company for, uh, for the CHI audience, right? The same thing. If we don't execute, we don't assign the resources and we provide them with the principles and foundations to go out and, and kill it out in the marketplace, uh, you know, we it might as well just, you know, leave the book in the in the shelf. So please yeah. go out and execute. The, the, <laughs> this um this part here of the conversation just made me think of like how your dad was like the OG content creator, honestly, <laughs> right? Like putting these presentations, right? Like uh, thinking about what the objections were going to be and then going and present them to, you know, the people that he, he was selling. At the end of the day, that's kind of what people are doing when they are creating content. And I, I can't stop but thinking that would have thrived in social media, I feel like. <laughs> yes, everyone says that all the time. You know, it's interesting. So, like I said before, uh, that people have lost why they're posting and what they're doing mm -hmm. with their content and they're not leading it to... They should be with every step leading back to you is the only logical conclusion yeah. so that as soon as your prospect thinks of some, a product or service like yours, you are the first person that they think of. But um, the lines between marketing and sales have really blurred, especially in the last 15 years, because yeah, yeah. now because of e-commerce, right, more businesses, more marketing departments are being responsible for sales because we're creating digital salespeople, right, with different funnels that you have that lead you from a page to a page to get you to upsell, to get you to cross sell. Uh, and then educating along the way. Um, I mean, I put in here in the book as well that Amazon has killed the traditional sales breath salesperson 
because, uh, sorry, the traditional commissioned breath yeah. salesperson, because 97% of prospects don't want to be pushed, feel that salespeople are too pushy today, and yeah, it's because of yeah. Amazon, right? 50% mm. of e-commerce, 50% of sales on the internet come from Amazon alone, just them, and then everyone else is another 50%. So what has Amazon done? It's taught us that we can buy without the need for a person. That's why there's so much tension between prospects and salespeople. So you have marketers trying to sell more online, and then you have salespeople having to market themselves more online. And social gives the opportunity to break down those barriers of, I'm just here to sell you. Yeah. No, you get to know the person. They start talk. They start educating. It's your opportunity to educate. And when you think of the seven steps to a sale, the first two are establishing rapport and finding the need. Establishing rapport means they like you, they trust you, they respect you. If you do those two steps, you're 65 five percent of the way to a sale wow. today you do that with your content you build that rapport you build that relationship so that they trust you and they respect you by what you post online oh so so good uh can we do like a 24-hour version where we just like dissect <laughs> the whole thing uh which by the way if you um go listen to the to Amanda's podcast, please. We're gonna link it right below because over the last, uh, over the next few days, every single day, there's gonna be a piece of nugget that's gonna come out your way with uh, all this amazing information on how you can implement it. So super awesome. Uh, there's a couple of things as we wrap up, Amanda, that I really uh, wanna tackle is one is one of the your most famous uh, frameworks, uh, the the inverted buyer's pyramid, which it, the first time that we saw it, mind blown, and I've seen many presentations where people see it for the first time and you can actually see their mind blowing into pieces. Um, so do, do you want to dive into into that just a little bit and, and uh, maybe uh, explain what it is? Yes. So my father taught um, uh, at any given time, if you're marketing to a group of people, let's say you have 100 people in a room, uh, only 3% of that room will be interested in your product or service at that time. 3% will be in the buying now category. Another 7% will be open to it, just like if you made 100 cold calls or if you mm. posted on your Facebook page. 3% will be interested in what you have to offer. 7% will be open to it. Another 30% are not thinking about you, your product or service. The next 30% think that they're not interested and the last 30% are definitely not interested. So you have this buyer's pyramid with all of the... Yeah subsets and he did that to say to say that if you are just talking about your product or service you're only reaching that three percent and all of your competitors are reaching that three percent so what we did uh, as julie eason and i were working on this book um we took that pyramid and we flipped it upside down because business has flipped on its head and we described how we have helped more companies become number one in their industry than anyone else. And it's following this framework. And uh, it all comes back to core story. You know, people, when they read the book, they go, oh, I love that market data thing. I love how that's blended with story because we think in stories. Um, back to the beginning of time, right? We've taught our history and story. People yeah. can remember what happened on the Netflix show three weeks ago, but they can't remember what happened in a meeting last week. Yeah. But our society is based on the power of science. We believe in the utter legitimacy of science. So your story can only be legitimized by the backing of solid research. So what we do at one of my companies, Empire Research Group, is we go and we look at all of the data and we scan an entire industry. So the first step in that inverted pyramid 
is global pain. We want to understand what's happened over decades. And that's really to show when someone says something like, did you know that last year, 85% of businesses were in a financial struggle? Actually, 80% made less revenue than they did the year prior. It sets me up as an expert. Oh, this person isn't just talking out there, you know, they're actually saying something, it seems mm. like they know what they're talking about. So you want that global pain to really catch the entire buyer's pyramid, regardless of if they're interested in your product or service or not. Then we get into targeted pain. So targeted pain is what keeps your prospect up at night because it's not generally, majority of the time, it is not your product or service. As much as you think that they care about that and that's what's keeping them up, it doesn't. It mm. isn't. Only maybe that 3%. So what keeps them up at night? And if you can articulate their pain better than they can, they believe that you have the solution. Mm. So you are just expressing to them that they truly, you truly, I get you. From that, they would just say, wow, you really understand me. And from there, then we get into the solutions portion. So global pain, targeted pain, solutions. Solutions is just setting you up as an expert in your field if you give something valuable. And it's a part and a piece that maybe isn't exactly, this is my product, this is my service, and this is what I do. So what can you do to add value to that person? Then the difference between content marketing and what my father taught, which is education-based marketing, which is bound being a strategist versus just a tactical, I'm just going to post something online and you know we'll see what it does. So that step is different in this second to last step, which is resetting of the buying criteria. All through this education, you should be teaching them so that they're thinking of only you as the possible logical conclusion. So what do you have to do? Because if you do all of those steps and then you don't reset the buying criteria, you're educating your prospect to lead them straight to your competitor. So you have to make sure, this is a critical point, that you educate them on everything that they'd need to know to purchase a product or service like yours. That's the resetting of the buying criteria so that by the time you talk about you, your product, your service, they should already be sold on yeah. you before you've even mentioned you. That is the power of a true core story that is the inverted pyramid and that will be in the bonus chapter in chapter four Ooh, it, standing ovation yes uh, uh, yeah <laughs> and, and that was a, tr a true uh, uh golden boulder moment right here um <laughs> trademarked business okay um uh, <laughs> right, as, as we wrap up this has been so awesome and and so cool mm -hmm. to to witness and experience like this whole process and we're, we're right there so if you're listening to this episode Today, that means that the pre-sale is up and running. So go get your book. L links right below in the description. It's in both shows. UltimateSalesMachine.com. Uh, Ooh, easy peasy. Easy peasy. Uh, go get your copy and copies. There is <laughs> amazing bonuses to, to be taken for you and your yes. company and your team members. So uh, make sure you get those before uh, they uh, run out. So yeah. I, I just want to point out that you did a really good job too when writing the book at documenting the process and like sharing with people you know that you were your late night writing or very early mornings writing <laughs> and you know some of the the challenges and struggles that you had and i just wanted to point that out because you know it's not about oh i finished the book and now i'm going into promotion mode right like you've been just and it's, I don't see it, honestly, as promotion at, at all. Honestly, I, I see it as you're sharing something that you deeply care about. 
And, you know, once you started taking on, okay, let me update this awesome book, you started immediately sharing with everybody. And you've brought so many people throughout that journey. So now people are... <laughs> are eager to get their hands on this book. Everybody's like, enough already. Could you just <laughs> post it? It's been four years of watching you write it on every plane, train, and automobile. We get it. We get it. Yeah. So but, you know, you, but it is cool because now you see how much work it took, right? Exactly. It's not just I, you know. It definitely yeah. increases the, the, the perceived value of it. You know, it's already extremely <laughs> valuable. Uh, but now, yeah. you know, by knowing all the work that was behind it, um, it makes it even yeah. more special. So I'm very excited to grab yeah, the by, new By the way, I just want to show you this, Amanda, for those listening. Uh, I'm just showing like a stack of them <laughs> in here. Like this is like the one book that we actually like send out to to like our people and community and the, because uh. it's, it's so so amazing. And we can't wait to, to get my hands into that pre -sale. Now, uh, bonus story. We talked about this. Well, first I want to celebrate the fact that you, over these last three years, you've developed this amazing voice. Uh, in in this space, right? And it, it was quite a bit of a process. Maybe we can do another episode just on that. Uh, but I really like you mentioned. There's like there's a funny story involving ClickFunnels and a virtual party and uh, writing a, oh. a book or something. So yeah, maybe this is yeah. a treat for the audience today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was at an event of ClickFunnels recently and. Um, Every time he would like break off and say, okay, now work on your funnel. And everybody would sit and they would do workshopping and work on their funnel. And I kept watching Russell and he would just sit there and wait. And I'm like, oh man, I got to go up and talk to him. I rarely get to talk to him. He's a client, right? So yeah. we're working on his core story for ClickFunnels yeah. 2.0, but it's fair, few and far between. And I kept just staring at him. I'm like, oh, I really want to get up there. I really just want to <laughs> say hi. I really want to talk to him. I really, I mean, it was like driving me crazy inside of my mind. So then I yeah. finally just ran up there and said, hey, Russell, look, I put together the book funnel for the new edition. And I showed him because we were using his stickers and he's like, oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, and then it just popped into my head. I thought, you know, I'm doing a virtual event when we launch the book uh, and I'm going to have the biggest, best speakers I possibly can. And it would be so awesome to have you as one of the speakers. And he said, oh, well, where is it going to be? And I said, it'll be virtual. Um, and he's like, well, why don't you have it? host we can host you at ClickFunnels headquarters and you can film it live from from my headquarters and I went are you serious <laughs> for real so I oh my god I was like a giddy little child but uh so that is for every person that gets the pre-sale version of the book you also get a ticket to that virtual uh party launch party which will happen for a much smaller group of people so and great. i'll have him and then also jay abraham wow. also agreed that he will be there i still am filling the slots for the two others that will be there but um it's gonna be a great a great party i i, I took a pic of that on that list and oh my gosh yes please go ahead and, and buy it like now because it's going to run out. Those spots. Uh, so so much value. Not just the fact that Amanda's there launching this amazing resource and, and book for, for many years to come. But also the people that say yes to doing something like this. You know, Jay Abraham, Russell Branson, legends, right? In the in the marketplace and in, in the right now in the business world. So super excited. Thank you for sharing that story, Amanda. Uh, yeah. Fonzie, anything else? No, thank you so much. Yeah, for sharing everything, for putting so much love and effort into the new the new version of the book. I'm sure it's gonna change a lot of people's lives yeah. and you know get them all pumped up. I remember when I finished reading this book, I was like, 
honestly, as I was reading it, I was like, this is what I need. Like, this is what I need to do now, right? Mm -hmm. I, even chapter one with like time management, I was like, this is perfect because my time management skills are <laughs> it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you need to reboot it again. Okay. Um, uh, Amanda, anything else that you want to add? There is one little thing. So um, I was... So normally a forward would be to the reader. You say, dear reader, right? And I had written many versions of dear reader. And then when I had my first session, because I needed a coach to help guide me yeah. finishing this. So uh, Julie Eason was that for me, guiding me through just pulling. I would call her a genius extractor. She just pulls <laughs> out whatever genius you have in the moment. It's just kind of a mess of thoughts in your head until she helps you plan it out and get it into something clean and clear yeah but uh we had that first meeting and she sat me down and she said you know i think that the foreword should actually be dear dad mm. and i heard that and i went no like immediately like wow. it was like guttural like out of like an instant resistance to no way would i ever want to do that and yeah. uh so over a couple of minutes i was like well okay, I have hired you to be my guide, so I should listen to you. And this is our first meeting together. So to say no to the very first thing you asked me to do <laughs> is kind of not being a good student. And I pride myself on being a good student. So I will do it as an exercise. It won't go in the book. That was my that was my answer. And she went, mm. okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she could tell that I was very upset about it. And... Um, after that meeting, I went down and I was sitting, I was in Puerto Rico at the time, and I was sitting at dinner, and all of a sudden it started to come over me of like, oh, I think I can write this forward. And I pull out my phone and instantly it just, again, another just download came yeah. and I just start writing Dear Dad in a notes in my phone and tears are streaming down mm. my face. I It was, you ever have those moments wow. where you just get so in the zone that it's like time just like slows and everything blurs and it's just you because there were some parts of my head that went Amanda you're hysterically ugly crying in this restaurant right now I'm sure everybody's thinking that you're crazy and I'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and this whole forward just like flowed out of me in one foul wow. swoop and you know it's it's a letter that I never told my dad and there's some parts that are really raw and really honest and it's not all sunshine and rainbows there's also some anger in there but then there's also a lot of gratitude and yeah. honoring and um so i have i will say that i might have made some grown men cry and it's kind of a strange way to start a sales book but you know what it's just a part of my heart and my soul. And I think people will resonate with that because sales should be about your heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I haven't even read it. I'm like, getting watery eyes. I can't even imagine. Um, I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm definitely going to cry when, uh, when I read that. And if you're a dad, it's even worse. Uh, it's like in, <laughs> in the best way possible. Uh, but yes, it, it is incredible. Uh, I, I've seen firsthand the effect of that forward. I mean, that, and obviously, um, yeah, it again, very grateful that you decided to, to make that decision and, uh, and you know, make make this book your own as well. So, 
Super awesome. Uh, with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosco. That is right. And if Amanda here has helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and go get your copy of The Ultimate Sales Machine. Let's go. Bye.